0: Drop, drop, drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop, 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 drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Hello, and welcome to Drop Your Buffs. Today, we'll be discussing Survivor Season 41, Episode 13, The Finale. Uh, A big thanks to all of you for joining me here for this new podcast recap. I guess it's not new anymore. I guess it's kind of old. Now, I guess it's kind of old hat, you know, been there, done that, all that good stuff. But um, this is by way of the Over Under Achievers, where today, you and I, we're all here together, gathered, talking Survivor. But tomorrow, we'll be talking sports. And since you're here, I just want you to know that I love the community that comes with watching and recapping the show so much that when I do this, honestly, y'all... I feel like I'm eating my own adrenaline. More on that later. And hey, I'll just put this out there like an offer to Formal Alliance. If you want to rate this podcast with five stars, that would be tremendous. That would be great. That'd be like a steak dinner with Heather. Probably not with Heather, but anybody else after 27 days or 26 days of starvation. But you know it would be even more better than that? telling people about the show, telling your friends, telling your family, all that good stuff, telling people um, to drop a download, and subscription, listen. Um, and if you're new to this, here's how it's going to work in um, this episode because the season's almost over. I give my stray thoughts as well as some episodes superlatives, and then I'm going to respond to your questions via the noxmccoy.substack.com community. All right, so without further ado, let's tend the fire of this episode and talk about some stray thoughts. Come on in, guys. Go- all right, so um, some housekeeping, real quick. Uh, there is a little bit of loud talking next door, so hope, uh, apologies if that bleeds over into this audio. I've, I've I've built a cave, I've built a spy shack of audio um, uh, fidelity here to kind of compensate for. But secondly, uh, so you know, obviously this last season or the last episode of the season, the the finale recap here. So um, we'll be on hiatus here. Drop your buffs until next season. We're going to figure out what that looks like uh, depending on the schedule. But I will say, uh, if you are not on my newsletter list or you or you haven't opened it yet, uh, haven't read it yet, I'll... talk about this here as well. I announced um, this week that I'm going to do, uh, you know, obviously we, I've talked with you guys about kind of some of the things we're going to do uh, as a supporter opportunity. We've got some stuff we're doing for the over-underachievers um, for that supporter opportunity. I've uh, also opened up um, the, uh, the sub stack, the KnoxMcCoy.substack.com. Um I, uh, I'm offering a supporter opportunity kind of in a paywall situation of, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I've been trying to figure out what I want to do with my writing. And now that, you know, we've gotten back to Tennessee, we Got settled. uh, I kind of know what my rhythm is. I kind of know what my schedule is. um, And then, you know, I won't be recapping this as much um, now that we're in an off period. Um, I uh, I announced on the newsletter that I'm going to start writing my nonfiction books behind the paywall at uh, Sectional Healing. So what that means is, you know, I've, I've I've done two books already, released those in the traditional way, had some. Good experiences, had some bad experiences, but most of all, what I figured out and kind of, you know, in in part of doing this recap, doing a little bit more um, in the margin stuff, kind of realizing what I like, what I don't like. One of the things I don't like about writing fiction uh, through a traditional publisher is – Uh, you don't really have control over the process. You don't get to say or do the things you want to do. You have to go through several meetings. And one of those things that really frustrated me was, you know, I I would write the book and then I would record the book. And for people, they'd have to choose, do I want to buy this or do I want to buy that? And I couldn't bundle those together. Um, So what I want to do is, I want to write my, non- I've got three uh, books I, and I'm, I'll talk a little bit about this at the end and I'll recap it there. But um, I've got three nonfiction book outlines I want to write for 2022. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to hit that deadline, but that's the plan for right now. Um, and uh, if you support me at the monthly, yearly or founders member level, you'll get access to that. Um, you'll get access to a couple chapters a month um, that I'll, I'll write as I go. And then when I'm done, I'll bundle those all together and sell them to the mass market. Um, and I'll do that with uh, the ebook aspect. Aspect, but i also do it with an audiobook aspect. So you can buy both. Um, you don't have to buy them separately. You get them all together for one um, uh, uh, low price. And then, you know, if you're a supporter, you're going to get a super discount on um, that property. But um, as I go, as I write these, I'm going to write these, I'm going to release them on the paywall, and then I'm also going to record them, reading them uh, in real time. So you'll get to listen as well um, if you support and do that stuff. So if you're interested in my writing stuff, my nonfiction stuff, you can check out the newsletter, uh, the most recent one from this week, The Sexual Healing, um, and you can see what. What I'm gonna get into if you're not interested don't worry about this like it doesn't apply to you or if you didn't even know about it you can go check it out and see like what it's about uh, one's gonna be there's gonna be a book about it's called secretly sacred it's gonna be talking about finding the divine and elements of the, of the secular, you know, like finding God in books, movies, TV show, or, or belief or faith or stuff like that. Um, another one's going to be, uh, about marriage, Ashley and I, our relationship over the last three years of what we have learned, uh, remodel, remodeling and renovating three different houses, you know, about ourselves, about, um, ha- marriage, about life, about work, stuff like that. And then the last one's going to be, um, it's, uh, it's called villains who had a point and it's going to be, uh, an analysis of historical and fictional villains who, we traditionally see as bad people, but actually may have had a point or may deserve some reconsideration. So you know, not support you to death on the front end of this celebration of survivor with uh, something that you may not be interested in. But uh, if you are interested in my analysis, and my writing, and the way you know um, I, I I look at the world, maybe think about doing that and supporting the work I'm doing there, so that I can continue my uh, writing journey, uh, not with traditional publishers, but behind the paywall here at Sectional Healing, so I can control it a little bit more be more responsive to what y'all do and don't like, um, and be able to um, reduce some of the clutter of the different places you have to buy things and the different prices you have to pay for things. So um, all that said, that's that. You can check it out at noxmccoy.substack.com and you can decide uh, if you want to be involved in that or not. You know, I'm going to kind of be quick in the front end of this episode because y'all really showed up with a lot of great comments and questions, and I want to make sure we've got time for that. So um, we'll get right into it here. And, you know, this uh, so uh, it feels like the end of an era here. You know, I know it's just one season, um, but it was a a nice season. You know, I will say this... um, Uh, It was like a drink of cold water in a a desert oasis. Sure, there were some problems. Um, There's even some problems with this finale, to be honest with you, not to spoil what we're about to talk about. But, um, you know, at any rate, I do think um, it's just nice to have Survivor back in the building. So that's been nice. I don't want to lose sight of that. Um, Let's go straight thoughts here. Let's talk about the good. Um, And I think, you know, probably the best... Uh, yeah, Probably the best part of this episode was, to me, uh, the fire-making challenge. Now, we're going to talk about that. Not We're not going to evaluate the fire-making challenge itself because I know that could be a little bit of uh, a polarizing topic. But I do think just the actual execution of the fire-making challenge to get into the final three between Deshaun and Heather was um, pretty entertaining. And it's always pretty stressful, to be honest with you, um, just because I imagine myself in that situation and I really stress out. But um, watching you know Deshaun rallied back after honestly probably making the worst mini-fire uh in, in the history of our uh, long species and i think homo sapiens i might be wrong but i think i think we've been around for like 110,000 years and I do think that is probably the worst one we've ever seen just because it wasn't just like Shan being like he's suffocating it. It was just it was like he just threw it's like how I build a salad, you know, at like a salad buffet back when we used to have buffets and people would get salads at those. Um I would just do like a little bit of lettuce. And then I would just throw the croutons and bacon bits on, and it would really smother the health of you know the um, the the health aspect of the salad, right? And I feel like that's what Sean was doing with that fire. He was just smothering that thing and throwing a lot of sticks on it. Don't I don't know that he knew there was a finite amount of sticks, not just available to him, but like on planet Earth. Um, And then you know Heather does her thing, and it's like okay, well Heather's going to get this last. Like she's kind of been dunked on, and you know what? I'm not going to say she's been dunked on because dunked on um, it, it kind of implies that you were victimized by some kind of outside force that didn't deserve to do that to you. And that's not true. Heather, um, whatever the opposite of that, of of uh, intentionally being dunked upon, like, um, like earning the dunking upon, that's what Heather's been. Heather's not been good, okay? She's not been good. And I don't know if that's rude. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but um, her ability to return to horrific form, of um, her display of competency and challenges was kind of the cherry on top of the show for me. I know you know uh, people have thoughts or whatever about who ended up, about Erica winning and all that stuff. Um, but to me, the thing that brought the whole season together was Heather being like, "Oh, you thought." you thought I was going to be good at this suddenly? No. I'm going to show you how inexplicably I can build a really tall fire that burns really uh, tall and bright and it not burn this rope because that's how bad I am at Survivor. So I guess that's kind of impressive um, in that aspect, but just the drama of it. It was really cool um, to see that transpire and to see there actually be some real stakes here. We can talk more when I get to y'all's questions about the efficacy of the fire-making Challenge, but I thought that was cool. And I will say, you know, your mileage may vary on this one, whether it's good or not, but... Um, I think... I don't know. I mean, maybe your mileage doesn't... I I do think... the 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 tyranny of the white male winner is over and i don't know uh where you necessarily land on like that's a big deal to you or it's not a big deal to you you know just like because to me watching it i've never that's never been an issue for me for obvious reasons i'm a white male so it's not like that big of a deal but i know for some people it's like this is kind of weird it 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 reminded me a little bit of the run of american idol winners that all kind of were you know a little bit um uh kind of surly kind of a little bit like light rock you know and that's just kind of what won the competition and obviously that's the voting block who supports that but it kind of felt weird to be like oh yeah like literally Jennifer Hudson's in this competition and she can't win it you know because of some guy named like Thad uh, Dursley or something I don't know Uh, that might have been his name it might have not been we might not know and that's the kind of the mystery of American Idol I think but Um, I think the idea that uh, we broke the string a little bit, and it's not just like a a non-white guy, it's a Canadian, so that's kind of cool too. But I think um, maybe just to disrupt the continuity of the same looking dudes winning the same thing, that, uh, you know, if that had continued, not just this season, but a couple more, it would have started to feel a little weird. And I think it probably, one of the unintended consequences of that would have been, if if I don't look like that, like, why would I want to apply to the show? So um, whether or not... Um, Erica earned it Xander earned it we'll get into here in a second but I do think in terms of I, I do think the season set out to be like we're going to um, evolve with the culture a little bit now some people might be offended at how much they tried to evolve some people might be encouraged about it some people might think there's not enough uh, evolution of it but um, to that point of it being conscious of the ways it needs to change a little bit. I will give credit to the show attempting to. Because look, nobody's going to do everything perfectly. I think the thing we want though is effort and we want people to try to get better and be better and maybe that looks a little clunky. Maybe it looks a little corny. Maybe it feels a little on the nose. But you know at the end of the day though, if you're trying to get better and include more people, never a bad thing. That's a good thing. So um, I think that aspect of it is pretty good. Uh, Let's go bad. Uh, uh, So we did the go. We'll do bad and ugly here I I, you know I alluded to it honestly I couldn't I kind of triggered myself to be honest with you about Heather and I just I I came into this podcast I'm like don't do it don't do it bro don't trigger yourself and I did I triggered myself and I so the the bad aspect that I already got into a little bit is this like Heather redemption arc and I'm not someone who's trying to I just talked about wanting to include more people and make people feel great okay Um, I can say multitudes though because I I think I really got annoyed with the everybody let's Just like applaud Heather for doing her best when. That's good, I guess, but also there needs to be room to be like, she's bad at Survivor. She's kind of terrible at this. And it's not just her being bad at challenges because everybody – you can be bad at challenges and still win the game. I don't know that that's true, but that's something I said, so we'll just go with it. But I think it, it was how she played the game. It was how when she would try moves, no one respected them. And I think the the, the one moment that really I was like I, – I just kind of don't respect your whole appearance on this season of television was – in the wake of Deshawn's, you know, self-immolation truth bomb. uh, And Erica's trying to pick up the pieces a little bit and approaches Heather about like, okay, like, are we good? Are you still mad at me? And Heather like refuses to talk to her. She's like, no comment about this when, you know, I don't know any reasonable person would be like, look, suck to hear. Um, I don't, I don't love thinking about that, but I understand that you're thinking about the final three. I'm thinking about the final three. We probably don't need to sit next to each other. So I get where you're coming from. It's almost like Heather assumed, that there's just like that lack of um, stratagem going on in Heather's head, where it's like, yeah, of course she's thinking in this way, and and she finds it to be offensive. I just thought that was so dumb. And then when she got the steak dinner, I was like, anybody but Heather, please God, don't give it to Heather. And Heather got the steak dinner. She really, it really made me mad because I think you know any one of those other players would have deserved that steak dinner more, um, but Heather got to eat it, and she didn't deserve it. And I just don't like her arc, and I don't like how kid gloves we were with her in the season of just like. As long as you try hard, that's okay. And yeah, trying hard is good, but sometimes, you know what, it's good to just not be bad at something. I think that is also a value. And if you're bad at it, don't do it. And that's kind of what I got from Heather was she wanted to be on Survivor, but she's not good at Survivor. And I don't think we need to, um, uh, hero edit someone to be like, they tried really hard and failed at everything. And maybe I'm completely off on this and I sound like a disgusting person, but I, I, this is part of the collateral damage of like, um, I think where the show is trying to go of being very aware of itself, which again is not a bad thing, but I think sometimes you uh, you start to lose yourself a little bit when you treat everything as chill. And that's, uh, to be honest with you, like that's kind of a, you know, uh, over on the podcast, that's a a line we're trying to walk of like, hey, uh, there's a certain, you know, when we first started out and nobody listened, so it didn't matter what we said about anybody. But at different points, you know, people who are uh, more famous or more intimidating to have to like get into a beef with or whatever have responded to things. And, um, uh, this is not one of those people, but I'll never forget, uh, just saying something, uh, rude about Doc McStuffins and Doc McStuffins herself. The creator came on and was like, what are you talking about? You're stupid. Like, what have you done? And that was, (laughs) that was a moment where it was like, I haven't done anything. Doc McStuffins. I apologize for what I said, but you have to start being aware of like, Ooh, okay. Um, You know, I don't want to be like um, recklessly rude, but you have to find the line of like saying the thing that's actually true so that you maintain some shred of your person's personality and like who you actually are. And it feels like the show. And even though Jeff during the challenges like Heather is in last place, which is a familiar thing for her, that's kind of some good low key passive aggressive stuff. I don't like the way they coddled her and her uh, inability at being terrible at Survivor. I think other, you know, goat characters or donkey characters who have been taken to the end, they have gotten way more, much more harsher criticism from Jeff and from the other players and just like the vibe around them that Heather didn't get. And that kind of bothered me a lot. So um, that's the first one. Uh, The other one, probably the most formidable one here um, and really the heart of the episode is. You know, it, it relates to the win from Erica, and whether you, or not you think she deserved it or Xander deserved it. Um, Xander, who didn't get any votes at Tribal, I think that's that's my sense of it. Um, and I haven't gone super deep in y'all's questions, so I don't know how much of this is, revolves around it. But just the sense of my experience watching it, the people I watched it with, some of the people I interacted with, and the vibe of the internet seems to be like Xan. Like, how does Xander not win? Um, and I think there's a couple ways to go about this. So number one, I think it's acknowledging we were, I think we were trained to identify with and like Xander or Ricard. I think they got the typical hero winner edit. So, um, it's, it's important to identify. It feels like Xander should have won, but we can't bring feelings to a fact fight. We have to actually examine what's going on here. Right. And I think this was a big moment for me to like, You know when when I realized Erica's going to win, it felt pretty early on. I think I posted in the comments. It feels like Erica's going to win because of how they were editing her and how, for a second there, I worried it was going to be Erica Deshawn and Heather in the final three, and that was going to be a really sad day for me to be honest with you. But this was a great moment for me to be like, okay, like like check your check your bias, check your privilege, bro, or whatever, and be like, why do I think Xander? should have won right like let me examine the facts here is it because he looks like me is it because he looks like the traditional winner uh, or is it because he actually had the resume or is it because i was kind of trained to like him and identify with him? and i think it's a lot i think there's a lot of talking head uh, there's a lot of early fix- fixation on Xander and, and his tribe and the tumult going on there. So I think there was a bit of a what is it called? Like when you, like you, someone's, uh, uh, someone brands themselves like they're, they're the aspect of them, like you get really um, engaged with who they are early on. So you get kind of tethered to them a little bit. That's what I felt like. I felt like we were tethered to Xander in that moment. And, you know, there is part of kind of what I've been talking about here of. Uh, consp- if Conspiracy Knox was here, which I'm not inviting him in, I think he would wonder, w- was this a season of television where Survivor was really like, man, we, uh, as aware as they are of the the cultural climate and who they are and what they're trying to do as a show and who they're trying to cater to, um, was there a moment where they're like, we have really got to make sure this doesn't go how we think it's going to go? And I think we alluded to that or I talked about that a couple weeks ago of a lot of people like Shan and Erica really talking about how there needs to be a female winner and them showing that was that them preparing us and like, um, you know, seeding that a little bit or was that them being like, hey, we're going to say this and if it doesn't work out, it's it's active criticism. I don't know. But um, I think the the fixation on contestants in a meta way talking about how there needs to be like that, like there should be an all black alliance. We need a black winner or there needs to be a female winner. I think that is. It's it's difficult to know what to do with that. And I think the hard thing is if this had been Shan, if this had been uh, Evie or, or Liana even, it would have felt like a little bit of a stronger argument, but Erica was just never positioned as a threat. And that's the strange thing is because the, and that's where I think the edit fails a little bit. And, you know, I know we always get manipulated as with the edit, right? Like we're, there are some things we're not shown. There are some things we are shown and that's just how it is. And that's how reality TV is made, but it felt just so strange for the show to, um, selectively edit this season and not hit us over the head with like Erica's is actually a pretty capable winner and i think even uh, several weeks ago um i don't know if someone commented this or we talked or i talked a little bit about it here in this portion of the episode but a lot of players seem to um portray erica as a threat or would make side comments that erica is somebody to, like to watch out for but yet I never supported that. And that's a strange thing because it feels like there is content there that would have supplemented the case of like, watch out for Erica. But they just did not give it to us. They And so I, I, I don't know that it's a thing. My suspicion is it's not a the show did this to make her... Um, the winner so that uh, uh, white people cannot always be the winner. I don't think that's it. I think actually it's just like a like a uh, editing mistake. I think this is this is a season full of editing mistakes, full of weird choices to show Jeff breaking the fourth wall to do like stuff out of order, to not do previously on Survivor, stuff like that. And I think this is just another one of those blunders because it seems like there is some stuff there. But what they showed us, and I think the biggest cause of the disconnect between uh, how did Xander not even get a vote is, I think, Erica probably came off a little coddled too because she was always kind of isolated from her the the blue tribe the strongest tribe she was always on the ass with them and then she kind of felt the 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 hourglass uh, abomination choice that the show made that felt a little bit like when you uh, have a younger sibling and you tilt the game to make it even so like they can come back so they don't get frustrated it's almost like you give them you gave them this so it can still be interesting a little bit that's what that felt like it didn't feel like an actual move that she made um it just felt like a thing she was kind of saddled with and then you know last night in the episode when she saw the uh the secret advantage and i hate i hate advantages uh especially in um, challenges like that because I, I just think it muddies the water in a time where it should be as clarifying as possible who is actually playing the best game to give someone advantage like that and I would have felt like that if that was Xander too um, but you know I don't know that anybody planted that so that she could see it right but um, it just felt a little bit like uh, there was a lack of earning with her this season and that is that again that's a failure of the edit to be like you're not showing us any moments where it felt like she really did some stuff you're only showing us the stuff where it feels like she got a handout and i don't think that's good i think add to that her closest ally that we saw her with um was heather who i think some of the heather stink rubbed off on erica like we kind of aligned her with like oh she's kind of useless too but in a cooler way and i think you know when you really go back and think about the season, especially early on, I mean, up until the last three or four weeks, I feel like the focus was on uh, Evie, Xander, and Liana. Um, it was on Shannon, and Ricard, and it was Danny, Deshawn, um, and, you know, later on, it was Danny, Deshaun, Shan, Liana, and Ricard. But it was like the collision of these three groups. This was like the dramatic tension of most of the season. And then Erica kind of comes in here, so it felt like tacked on. It felt like she didn't earn this, and it just, it, it just had a weird vibe. So I don't think Think this is a situation where she didn't earn it. I think it is just a complete and utter failure of the edit because it made Xander seem really likable. It gave, he was always kind of in the mix and Erica's late to the game. And I don't know that you can really point to any specific moves that they showed us. So, you know, I think that's why this has the feeling of, um, when, what was his name? Chris, when Chris won, I think it was edge of extinction. When, um, Rick Devins actually felt like he should have won. I don't even think it feels like Xander should have won because I think the more we look at it, I think Xander has a case. Um, But I think you could also say he kind of played on the bottom the whole time, and he was not a factor, you know? Um, I think the idol was interesting. I think he was super likable. Um, I do think that... Some of his performative antics of like, I'll step down. I won't take the rise that Nasir was talking about. I think a lot of the jury found really um, uh, off-putting. Um, but the, the real winner, like the Rick Devons of the season, I think is Ricard. Ricard played the best game, should have won the season. And it feels weird when they don't. It felt re- weird when Rick Devons didn't win that season and didn't even get to the final three. Um, and that's kind of what this felt like. It, you know, to go movies, um, it reminds me of the uh, the fish sex movie. Um that won the Oscar, man, maybe three, four years ago. I think it was like Shape of Water or something um, by Guillermo uh, del Toro. That 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 winning the Oscar was like, in the moment, it was like, that just doesn't feel right. Even though it's a good movie, it, this is a year where I think um Ladybird, I think Get Out was this year. And I even want to say Dunkirk was this year i think there was a pt anderson movie too but i feel like all of those and even now it feels like someone else should have won that right it feels like Lady Bird or get out probably uh, years later those are the movies that we remember from that we don't remember shape of water and i think when we think back on the season erica's not going to be the contestant we remember we're going to remember shan we're going to remember ricard maybe xander um but i, I just i think it's I, i'll i'll pin it on it's not a failure of erica Um, I think it's a failure of the season of television, even though Erica isn't. I I think she is in terms of the hierarchy of season winners. I do think Erica is an underwhelming winner, but I don't know that we'll ever know. Is that because of the game she played or is that because of how the show um, uh, edited the game she played? That's something Jeff Brooks will take to his grave when he dies in 2000 years. Um, Ugly. I'll keep this short. Um, I think it was, as much as I like the idea of the immediate after show, which I think it was, it kind of broke a little bit early in advance of the finale. That's what they were going to do. Um, which I understand for COVID reasons why you have to do that. But I think, um, I don't want this to become a thing because there is no, one of the things I like about the after show is, um, and even with the jury, you know, I, I like the, uh, advantage of perspective, right? Like you get some time to think about some stuff and you get some distance from some things and it's not so immediate. And I think what it felt like with the after show is just a rehashing of some of the stuff the jury already talked about. And it felt like nobody really had the, uh, especially the final three, they didn't have the energy or the emotions to go through any kind of circumspection of like their participation in the game. And I think that was a real, I don't really need the audience. I don't need any of that stuff. I do need though, everyone looking cleaned up and different because that's one of my favorite things to watch but also I need the benefit of hindsight of people going back and, and thinking oh okay that's why that was done and even uh, Xander explaining this was in the after show but Xander explaining why he took Erica to the end which was uh, a huge error um, uh, That that's the kind of stuff that I think you get a little bit of hindsight on and you get some really interesting conversations that we're frankly just really lacking um, in that specific after show. Okay, that's uh, Straight Thoughts, Goodbye bad Ugly. Let's go now to Hidden Immunity Idol. If anybody has a Hidden Immunity Idol and you want to play it, now would be the time to do so. Hey, Jeff. Hold up, bro. I just always wanted to say that. Okay. Okay. I will keep this one pretty short too. I know I said the last one, then went pretty long, but I, I, tr- I, I honestly mean it this time. Uh, Hit immunity idol. I'm going to give it to um, the. I'm going to give it to the after Xander wins immunity and he's trying to figure out the the mathematics of who to send, what to do, um, who to make fire. Um, him. Uh, realizing that Erica can't make fire and then reacting to that. All of his facial work, really good stuff. There's a plasticity to his face. It reminds me of like Jim Carrey in the mask. A lot of stuff happening there. A lot of regret being shown. And honestly, I think him... Um, not going back on his word, i, I think that was a huge error because w- watching Erica pathetically try to make fire um that was pretty hilarious and watching Xander do it in about three point two seconds i I think he's gonna have nightmares about that, but I liked that was um you know in a in a season where a lot of the emotion was um I don't know uh, it, it was kind of um it it was like heavy emotions, right? It was really heavy thoughtful stuff that we need to be thinking about and talking about, but it didn't feel like there was the bandwidth for it to kind of be um, ridiculous um, in a lot of ways, especially like some of the Tribal Council conversations between Sham, between Leon, between Deshaun, like really talking about good stuff, but um, there was not like a lightness ever really in this season, and there's not, you know, usually in Survivor, but um, Xander dealing with not realizing that Erica couldn't make fire, that was a fun lightness that I think we haven't gotten a ton of, you know, that gave a little personality to the whole thing. Um, Let me go now to big biggest L. Here's what's at stake for the winner. New Chevy Trailblazer. Not a bad truck, and if Brian knew how to spell road trip, he'd already own one. Alright, uh, biggest L. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Deshaun on this one, and not because of, I don't like him, um, not for any other reason than I think that the tail end of his game, um, you know, there's some there's some players where uh, if they last a little longer than they should, it gets a little gamey, you know, it gets a little like, uh, ooh, okay, this isn't a fun hang anymore. And I think, you know, I, there were some Aussie experiences there where it's like, oh, you're not you're not good at like a, a couple aspects of the show. And when you last longer than you should, it's not fun to watch. Uh, that's kind of what Deshaun felt like. And it felt like he probably anticipated and played his game accordingly thinking he'd be gone last week that's why he dropped truth bomb right Um, but the uh, the thing was he had to deal with the after effects of the truth bomb and there's a reason in you know movies and TV shows when people set off explosive device they leave they don't hang around to be like well this wasn't fun like this is kind of um, gnarly up in here Deshaun had to live with that and that kind of Uh, that sucked for him in the immediacy of it, but it also, there were some other things like he did with Shan that he had to deal with with the jury. And that wasn't, that kind of, um, I don't know, uh, reconsideration of his gameplay was not fun, probably for him, but also um, just in terms of who he is as a player to the viewer, I think he's a really good guy. I I can't tell, I think I liked Deshaun, and I think I would like him in real life. I think the show came off um, uh, depicted him a little probably snakier than he is, um, and I think it's probably, you know, the the thing is, this is always a super heightened situation um, where people are dehydrated, they are not getting sleep. We saw in like that last episode where they just got rained on basically and slept. I don't know thirty minutes or whatever, and they're starved. So you're not always going to handle things the best way. Um, some of the things I, I, I felt like he took, um, um, I don't know, took the blame, you know, took responsibility for some of his missteps a lot, but sometimes. Um, when you're always taking responsibility for a lot of mistakes, it's like, OK, well, we can keep doing this and you can keep apologizing or like just don't make the error anymore. It won't feel like that. Um, but I think, you know, Shan's sticking the knife in him um, in the jury uh, portion of tribal council and alleging that like he may or may not have like been manipulating the cultural feelings that they had about wanting to have, um, you know, uh, uh, like an all black final four, or final three. That felt tough. Um, that didn't feel super fair, and that felt a little rude, to be honest. And, I, you know, I don't know. I, that f- might feel like a conversation you have off air. Or maybe that's that was a a, a grace note for her to be like, I'm going to say this so you can tell me that it's wrong, um, and you can dispel this idea. But um, I don't know. I, but, see, by the same token, I think Deshaun probably was the, I don't know, I don't know if this is even a good reference, like the Helen of Troy of the season because it was his, well, I guess Helena Troy didn't like choose to cheat. I mean, did she choose to cheat? She might have, but there's paradynamics and Paris was the member of an elite family and Troy. So I don't know how much say she had in it, but we'll call it, like the the Paris and or Helena Troy of the season because it, his decision kind of uh, set in motion, the chain of events that left us with Erica, who doesn't feel like the right winner of the season, because if Deshaun would have just held it together, I do think it's uh, Danny, um Deshaun, Liana, Shan, Ricard in the final five. And I think that was the that was the tricky part is because just because they couldn't keep their stuff together, um, the underdog alliance could assert themselves and get the numbers. And that's what led to what we have here. So I think in a lot of ways uh, him taking an L, him taking some L's on the jury that's a good thing because um, he's, I don't want to blame him the whole way, but he's really the issue of why the season ended like it did because he couldn't deal with his, um, I don't know, his feelings of being slighted by Shan or his emotional outbursts with members of his lines. And he, it's like, there's certain phases with majority alliances where you're like, okay, well, let's run the table here. And then we all turn on each other. And he just turned on his way too early. And I know it's not all his doing, but um, he was the part that just couldn't keep it together. So, you know, I think the L is probably warranted, but I, I don't know if he plays this game 10 more times if it ever ter- works out like this again. You know, I think there was a lot of, I think that blue alliance, that blue group not having to go to tribal once um, early on, I think that really set some stuff in motion that like Danny, I think Danny said, like, you get a sense of who people are and where they stand when you get to vote with them once and they never got that. So I think that's what complicated um, everything for them. So that's Biggest L. Let's go now to your questions. Natalie, is there any way I could have your jacket? Natalie? Alan, the tribe has spoken. Thank you, Tim. Natalie? All right, first question. This is from Diana. She says, I wanted Deshaun to win. I would have loved to see Xander take on Erica with the fire. I think Xander got cocky that no one would see Erica as a winner. Xander deserves this ending for choosing to take her there. She was very strategic and consistently trying to make moves. Um, So, uh, yeah, Deshaun winning would have been wild. Although there was a moment where I was like, you know, Deshaun's got Liana, Shan, Danny, um, and I don't know Nasir, uh I don't think he was tied with Nasir, but he's got some people on the jury, so this could get interesting. It just was uh, about how they felt about him, which it felt like the conversation at the Ponderosa post vote out was probably like Deshaun's the reason this happened, I would say. That would be my uh that would be my guess. But um yeah, I think Xander I don't know that he got cocky. I mean, I think he got a little cocky, but I think he over over, over, over misread the jury reacting to Deshaun's truth bomb about Erica. I think he assumed they did not respect Erica when actually uh, they did respect Erica. And I think Ricard's um, spotlighting of him um, taking out Ricard but not taking out Erica, I think it was less about like this is emotionally inconsistent. I think it was more of... You don't do strategy well. Um, and this shows us. So I think any, honestly, I think any move other than what he chose would have probably garnered him a few votes. Like even if he'd made Erica fight Deshaun in the fire making, if he had have fought Erica himself in the fire making, that was probably the move, honestly, to make would be to get her out. Um, take her out himself, like a la Chris and and, and Devons, um, but him choosing the way he did probably resulted in in him uh, not getting any votes. So um, yeah, I agree with you, Diane. I think uh, I think it was a misreading, cockiness probably a little bit. Uh, Courtney says, after reading a lot of these comments uh, here on the sub stack, uh, I've decided this must be one of the worst edited seasons ever what happened in the winter edit. If Shan was afraid of Erica, show us. Apparently a lot of people were. Even if it was just a conversation between Heather and Erica, we needed to see those. Yeah, 100% agree, Courtney. This was if anybody, and I don't know how much of it was blown up because of the final three that they got, or it does feel like it was there. It doesn't feel like that's something they just came up with to not vote Xander. It felt like that was a subtext of everything going on. It Honestly, you know, um, I don't know how much... I've never bet on Survivor, and I didn't this season, but I, you know, I as y'all know, I, I kept a, uh, a prize of the odd shifts, and early on, Erica was always listed as one of the top five favorites, and then even, I think last week, she was second best favorite, and that just didn't, I don't know if that's a, a spoiled thing, like where people, the odds makers know who wins, or has a sense of it, or I don't know if that's just, uh, it never struck me as uh, matching up what I was watching, so I think it's just... I I think it was there it was just a failure of the edit so uh kelsey h says how would you compare erica's to uh, erica's win to michelle's uh, in her season uh and then morgan johnson came back and said erica deserved it more than michelle i would agree with morgan um to i think michelle i think michelle was um it was a similar kind of low-key game and like see i i think i've always uh associated low-key games with like uh sandra and people who don't do much, but they're loud when they do things. And I think Michelle is a little bit of that, but I think also Michelle is a little bit uh, more off-putting, a little more abrasive. Whereas I think Erica is very—you um, want to like Erica. And I thought her marketing and communications background came into play. Even when she was talking to the jury, I was like, "Oh, yeah, she uh, made them laugh. She's very charming. She's self-deprecating. I want to vote for Erica." And there were there was a moment when Xander was talking about Heather prior to the fire-making challenge, where I was like, "What? What's happening here, man? My, my man, like, what? What are you Talking about, like, what's going on here? What's the strategy here? And I think there's just um, a palatability probably with winners that there's a little bit of threshold you got to cross to be someone who not only has a resume, but I don't feel terrible voting for you. Uh, Chris G. Harmon says, how many times has the person who has won the last community challenge who then picks who to take with him to the end actually won the whole season? I feel like it's a low number, so probably not the best spot to be in. Yeah, I don't... Anecdotally, I don't know that that's happened a ton. Um, I think... Th- I was trying to think, do I want this? Would I want this um, uh, Sophie's Choice to be faced with? I think you do when it comes down to it because you have control now. You set the table. um, You set the dominoes up, and they're going to fall however they fall, but at least you get to be the one to set it up. And I do think it gives you some optionality of – um I'm lacking a resume piece I can do this and try to fight or this person has the resume um and I don't want to give them another uh moment or I know this person's weak and I can take them out I I would rather be there than have the whole thing looming over me and still not quite know I know most of the the social uh whatever um hierarchy is you tell the persons or who are going to be fighting um but still I wouldn't trust that so I wouldn't like I wouldn't it it's similar to like how Danny and Deshaun felt uh, a week ago I don't like a situation where I'm just sitting there and I have no options, I have no control over the process. So as you know, as difficult as it would be, um I would rather be in that situation than be told what's happening. Uh, Charlotte Wilson says, I'm honestly shocked Xander didn't get a single vote. I thought he played a good game, but maybe blew it with social conversation from Leon. It was clear that Erica won the jury over hard. And while I was ambivalent about her during the season, I 100% love her win. Yeah, I think I, I was shocked too. I thought I, I told uh, my kids, I thought it'll be five to two to zero. Probably Erica's going to win. He didn't get a single vote. I thought Danny's to Sean made sense. I thought in the way he talked to Xander, I thought he was going to get a vote. I was, um, I, and, and, and you know, again, that, um, uh, that ad, that added choice to show Xander fumble Liana's uh, question, right? Because you know, in the room, obviously, it felt like a I don't know twenty minute um, jury thing, but I know that was probably two hours. I would say. I think they said. I think they said um, tribal councils tend to go. It's either one or three hours. Um, three is a lot. One's a lot. But that makes more sense. And and it gets whittled down, obviously, what we see on TV. But, um, you know, he might have been super eloquent in other ones. But that's the one we saw. I think that is the kind of uh, editing choice. that's like, oh, he's not going to win. And that's kind of why. Um, but, yeah, like I uh, – uh, the more and more we talk about the Xander missteps and um, the uh, proof of resume stuff, I don't know – I think – when it comes down to it, I don't know that either have a super robust resume in terms of huge moves. Um, but I think in terms of optics, Erica feels better, sounds better. She was in the power position a lot of times. Um, and I think her connection to the blue tribe of there's, there's some unconscious bias of like, oh, yeah, we were the best tribe. She's a part of that tribe. She probably deserves to win. I think that's playing into there um, as well. Kate Weber says multiple times players have called this the toughest season ever. Agree or disagree? You know. <sighs> I feel like I gotta agree because they compressed a little bit and they just didn't give a lot of stuff. But um, I I will say changing up the camps kind of sucks. To be honest with you, like it's not our fault you got a compressed production schedule. But I have seen a lot of buzz and rumors that they're never going to do thirty nine days again. So twenty six is going to be it. And I would have to think they're going to chill out a little bit on um, just the uh, whatever the uh, setting trauma that they are putting putting upon players. Just because I. Um, I'd rather have less fixation on how hard it is and more just like, uh, I don't know, uh, more footage showing us why players eventually win (laughs) that, that is probably more of a priority for me. Um, Kelsey H comes in here with another question and says, what are your thoughts on fire making? Do you like it or an actual vote for final three better? Whoa, this is, I, I don't know. Kelsey, I don't know is the answer to your question. So you're welcome at uh, my thoughtful, uh, precise response to you. I'm just going to, like, go talk it out here for a second. I um, – okay, in terms of production, I, I understand the production aspect. Like, why does the show do it? Because it feels like the appropriate big bang to go into the finale with, right? Because, you know, the show has always been conscious of um, – up, I think a lot of the upheaval and a lot of the choices it's made, it, it is making, is because in the middle, yeah, you know, early seasons, um, it power alliances really ran the show, and that is horrible TV. And that's when they would even do like, um, kind of pack two episodes into one night just to get like a couple people voted off when they were super boring episodes. Um, so I think that is the kind of choice you make when you're like, we can't have this bland going into the final vote. Like we need a different kind of elevation here. So I understand that from a production making um, viewpoint in terms of the integrity of the show. Uh, I think I do like it. I think that's where I'm landing right now because I think going final four to final three, um, that, I, I think that move into the finals, it probably needs to be about, less about like your alliance and less about the votes you can get because I think that can get hinky a little bit with who can and cannot win. I think it needs to be about who earns the right to get into the final three. So I think I actually really like it the more I talk about it because um, I like that it gives somebody – I do like choices. I like when players have to make choices, like who to take with them um, to dinner, even though I think a week or two ago I said I didn't like that. I'm changing my mind right now because I'm a person. That's what I do. Um, But I like when – I guess I like when lowercase variables are introduced into the proceedings that aren't like break this hourglass and everybody is faked out and they're actually not safe. I like the ones that are like you have to make a decision here and there are unintended consequences and you don't know how they're going to play out because you're assuming you're game theory in this or whatever. The Prisoner's Dilemma didn't use that right, but everybody used it in the season and I haven't yet, so I just feel like I need to be included here. I'd, I, I'd like that aspect of it. So I think fundamentally I do like it. I don't like the... No, I I still – so I like that, and I do like the – if you're the first person out of an immunity challenge, you have to play the 30% game. I still like that too. Um, Olivia Vestal says I'm just confused and irritated I'm all for a woman winning but I felt like out of those three Xander should have won Um, and there's some commentary about how like uh, some Sherry came in and said I think there was uh, a feeling of the rug being pulled out uh, from under some people and how um, this was so this was like Olivia's first season to watch and she's like this didn't sell the show for me and I think I agree with you uh, Olivia this was a bad um, selling point it's probably a little bit like me watching Great British Bake Off uh, on Netflix not this most recent season but last season during in quarantine, which um, honestly, it, it was, and I think I've alluded to this several times. That was a dark moment for me. That was a low point for me, just in my professional career. Um, but um, I, I acknowledge that there's probably better seasons. But I just don't want to watch it anymore because I had a really bad experience. I hope that's not the truth for you, Olivia. But no, this was a this was a weird season. It's never like this. You usually feel. Um, vindicated with who you are subconsciously rooting for, or at the very least there are two people that you're like, one of these people deserve to win, and one of those people usually do uh, end up winning. So I think this is the outlier. I'll blame it on COVID. I'll blame it on um, uh, some of the uh, compression of the shooting schedule, but um, I, I I urge you to try it uh, one more time. Give it one more shot, um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, Larry Arrington comes in, not with a question, but with a statement. He says, the Honda Rosa videos are always great and very insightful about who the players really are, um, but he says the one for Ricard is a little sad because Shan refuses to have anything to do with him. I don't usually watch the Ponderosa videos in the middle of the season because I don't want to be, um, I want to accept the show as text, right? And like I'm interpreting the text, that, the canonical text that's giving to me. This is the first season where I'm like, maybe I should watch the Ponderosa videos and I'll feel a little bit more like I have a handle on it. But that makes me sad. I don't know why Shan would be mad at Ricard. Like Ricard didn't do this. Ricard was just, you know, if you watch The Wire, you got Avon and Stringer like someone's got to make the move first and Avon, spoiler, makes the move first on Stringer and that's just how it is. That's just how the game goes. Like, uh, I don't know why you got to be mad at him about that, Shan. You know what I think? You guys, you, you guys want to know what I think? I think this is about. I think when um, they got off the uh, the show and, you know, they got cleaned up, I think Shan was annoyed because um, Ricard, his whole, like, hair situation was so glamorous that he blew everybody out of the water and I think Shan is probably the probably the most attractive uh, cast member there and I think she thought she was going to be like the alpha beauty person and when she saw, saw Ricard's hair like that that flowing salt and peppery mane um, that I don't know that he even was trying to style I think it just like existed it just kind of orbited the world I think she was really upset about that so I think it's a little bit about the betrayal but also that Ricard came the alpha, became the alpha beauty person when she was like well at least I'll be the hottest person here and she actually didn't get to be the hottest person there Um, Ashley Ward says, why do people come on Survivor without practicing fire? Have they not seen the show? This baffles me every time. Ashley Ward, I agree with you. It's the thing I say every time to my kids, and I don't understand. As a person who um, their their worst fear is to uh, look incompetent, the idea that someone would just go on the show and be like, I'll figure it out um, is insane to me, but also that is real. And there are people in the world who are just like, I will figure this out on the fly. And that actually is probably the most – accurate representation about the differences in personality that i've ever seen but i can't as an individual understand why someone's just like yeah i'll just maybe like practice in the margins and like do the thing or whatever when literally a million dollars could be at stake i I just i don't understand it but that that's what makes life and personalities beautiful right all right next question this is from stacy and stacy your last name has three vowels, and i just come on, I'm only a person and I can't be like this pronunciation maestro. So it's like, you know what? Um, it's not Luau Stacy, but I'm gonna call you Stacy Luau because that's the closest I can get to what your actual last name probably is. So she says potentially spicy taking this crew based off comments, but I really love the season, the conversations and reflections that happen and how it seems like lifelong bonds were created with the season's cast. I'm sad that it's over and maybe it's just that I love uncle Jeff that much and how he hosts, but I wept several times tonight and had to tell myself to pull it together. Um, Uh, Claire Egnoroth or Rothy, she seconded this and said, this was a season where I legitimately liked most of the cast and a huge part of that was conversations we were able to see and the connections we saw them form. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's probably a little spicy, Stacey. I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, I think they're it's kind of what i said at the, uh, at the beginning like i'm just overall glad survivors here right are there some aspects that i didn't like 100 percent. do i think this is poorly edited 100 percent. but um i do think very likable cast very very likable cast there wasn't really anybody that i was like i wouldn't probably like you in real life i think everyone was pretty chill um maybe voce the guy who i don't know if you guys remember this was uh is a neurosurgeon um he does surgical things maybe that guy wouldn't like vibe with but everybody else feels pretty chill um and it did feel like i don't know if this is a departure from other seasons but it felt like we got a little bit more sense of like um Uncle Xander will be like we'll meet my children, or you know, Deshaun Danny, like a sister, um I'm sorry, Deshaun, uh, Shan, Danny, Liana, like sisterhood, brotherhood, stuff like that. That was pretty cool and I like that. Now, Stacey, you weeping several times tonight? You know, I don't know, maybe you need to get more sleep. Maybe you're exhausted. You know, maybe the Christmas grind's getting you and you need to take some you time. Maybe go get out, see a movie, maybe get your nails done or get a pedicure or something. I don't know your life, I don't know what you like, but you know, take self care. Stacey, that's what I'm saying. And Claire... Um, Yeah, she Uh, obviously I read hers, but yeah, uh, and I think that's the the stuff in the margins where you see connections, you see the humanity of it all, because, you know, uh, uh, as I try to relate this to The Bachelorette when I'm watching it, there is, uh, like, the humanity that develops there is, it's in the background, like, it's asserted, like, I think these guys will be friends later on, but the show, all it shows us is um, they have to sit in a room together after one of them has sex with The Bachelorette, and they have to be awkward about it, like, that's not fun, that's not cool, you know, I know that there's a big LOL factor there, but I want to see these two guys like have to go on a mission or like a scavenger hunt or like talk about like do they believe in God or whatever I think that's more interesting stuff and um, I like that Survivor will allude to that a little bit it'll get there a little bit um, Olivia Vestal comes back and also says uh, Xander's cry face is awful. That's a statement. Um, and Andrea not Zuckerman, Andrea not Zuckerman from 9210 says Xander's cry face is better than SJP's cry face. I don't watch Sex and the City, so I don't know if that's true or not. But um, Xander, there are some faces that he makes like of disbelief that are fun. His cry face and his cry noise. There is an octave there that is. Um, it's like if Patrick Warburton uh, took helium and started talking. It's just a. It's a. There's a weird timbre to it, and there's a weird, weird octave. Uh, to it um, that I can't quite register on the human scale Um, but it it is a bit of a roller of experience I will say that. Uh, John Hatfield says Ricard easily had the biggest turnaround for me this season. I couldn't stand him after the first episode but as the season went on I realized that he and Shan were playing the best game and essentially controlling everything that was happening in the game. I don't fully understand how the two of them came from the tribe with the least amount of people going into the merge and made it as far as they did because you would have thought that they would have been picked off right away. I really hope for that whenever the next season has returning players, includes Ricard, he could fill a villain Position on a heroes versus villains cast, John. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. He was someone that I thought feels a little um, unreliable, a little sneaky, little um, uh, villainous. But the more I saw him, the more – I think he was more committed to his alliance to Shan than Shan was. And I think part of their – power when you saw their power – and that's why I think it's so disappointing that it went off like it did because I think their bond was pretty solid. Even though it was like an old married couple, it was a committed old married couple, right, who bickered but they loved each other. And I think Shan uh, hooking herself into the Deshaun, Danny, um, Liana – Uh, sydney nasir Erica alliance, that gave her power and that gave uh, Ricard proximity to power. And I think Ricard simultaneously kind of made like a low-key underdog alliance with um, uh, some of the people on the outs. Um, So he had a power base there. So for them to be completely aligned and have two uh, distinctly different, separate, but still robustly powerful um, alliances uh, unto themselves... That's super impressive. And I I, one, I I do wish eventually there's a season where there are two people who have a strong bond and they're like, it's us. We're going to the end. I'm not pulling any stuff on you. You're not pulling on me. And best person wins. And I think there's something kind of cool about that. And I think Shan and Ricard could have done that. I think Shan came uh, a part of the scenes a lot more earlier. I don't think Ricard actually ever came part of the scene. So I think Shan's emotionality combined with Deshaun's emotionality, I think it set off the fireworks that led to what happened this season. I think I probably unfairly blamed Deshaun a little too much earlier when I was talking, but I think Shan is just as much to blame there. But um, Ricard played a wonderful game. And there, I was hoping so much that Xander would play his idol and do the thing of just like, hey, me versus you. Let's see who's got it. Let's see what's going to, what's going to happen here. But um, but alas, uh, we didn't get that. Um, and then last last uh, question comment here. We'll go from Taylor Roshkolb. Um, they say, I think it's fair to say that Xander was an extremely unreliable narrator. He overestimated his own threat level so dramatically that he pulled a woo, even without a Tony to convince him. Erica didn't deserve the minimal edit she got. She, her, her game was subtle, but can't have been that subtle. Clearly the jury had great respect for a game we didn't get to see she nearly swept it she was my winner pick from pregame press but i had a hard time rooting for her until the end game and now she'll have that stupid hourglass nonsense as an asterisk on her win forever yeah i think there this is more of a statement this is not a question but i agree with everything you're saying taylor i think um probably when we pull back a little bit i think edited a little differently xander is the um you know i think this was um in a different way a little bit like, uh, I think in Boston Rob season that he won, uh, I think his guy, like his number two was Grant, you know? it was just like this big meathead guy who's super good at challenges and all in on Boston Rob. Xander didn't really have that alliance kind of deal, but I think he was a um, – uh, it just felt like a golden retriever of a person, um, but never one that's like going like, to be like a Doberman and go for your neck. And I think – our likability probably surpassed his actual um, uh, gameplay, even though he would say things and, and position some of his moves as though they were mastermind strokes. And I'd be like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, I think I think the, the missing variable here is um, that Erica, so much is left on the cutting room floor that validated Erica's game. I'm hoping um, that we just didn't, didn't get it. So I think it's, it's, it's going to go down in the books as a weird season with a weird winner. Um, and like I said earlier, only the producers know, only Jeff Probst know how it really went and what it really, really actually looked like. All right. That's it. We did it, guys. That's going to be it for this episode recap. That's going to be it for this season of Drop Your Buffs, season 41. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. I, I appreciate your indulging of my extemporaneous thinking of talking through this, of recapping it through superlatives, of using your comments and questions to kind of prop up a conversation. Um, you know, I love Survivor. I love watching it. Um, like I say at the beginning of uh, all of it, I more than anything, I like talking about Survivor. I like analyzing it with people. So you all have not just been um, super chill cool listeners you've been um uh partners and co-pilots on this journey of watching uh, season 41. Um, I, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what next season looks like. I don't know what the dates are on that. I don't know how it aligns with our live show schedule um, and all of that good stuff. So, um, you know, uh, stay tuned and hopefully we can figure something out. I will say um, for the time being, you know, obviously this is on the Under Achievers feed. Um, we're going to keep talking sports there. But um, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, um, but I mentioned it in my newsletter this week too, I, I'm starting to now that Survivor's over, there's some bandwidth. We're starting the new year. Uh, I'm starting uh, my writing back up on sectional healing, so there is a paid uh, component. There's a supporter opportunity there where I'm going to uh, begin the process of writing my next few fiction books. I've got three outlined right now, and the goal next year is to write three books, um, smaller, leaner, um, tighter, You know, not like uh, 600 pages, probably more in the uh, 100 to 150 page uh, uh, range, something like that. But um, uh, the plan is to uh, write those uh, behind the paywall at sectional healing. Uh, so that's noxmccoy.subsec.com, the same place you guys go to comment um, and do that stuff. Um, if you want to sign up and support, you can do it a monthly, you can do it yearly, you can do a founder level, um, but um, all those, and, and you can check out what those uh, entail, like what those get you um, when you support, but bottom line uh if you do support um uh you'll be able to see those chapters as they come out and then when i'm done with them i'll I'll bundle them together and sell them um to the mass market uh and uh everyone who's a supporter will get a much discounted rate so um that's the plan there for now um as we get closer to season 42 um i'll i'll jump on here and, and we can figure some stuff out but again um thanks for being here thanks for listening thanks for downloading thanks for uh the kind reviews and the ratings thanks for spreading the word um it's super cool and you know this um this wouldn't be anything without y'all uh kind of chiming in and listening and and spreading the word and and interacting and that's what makes it fun so i can't say thanks enough and uh hopefully you found it as uh, helpful and entertaining um as well be safe out there um and uh we'll see you at season 42 everybody drop your buffs drop 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 your buffs everybody drop your buffs dro- 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 drop your buffs drop your buffs everybody drop your buffs drop your buffs